Welcome to Museum Archipelago. I'm Ian Elsner. Museum Archipelago guides you through the rocky landscape of museums. Each episode is never longer than 15 minutes. So let's get started. Barbara Hicks Collins can describe the exact moment an idea for a civil rights museum in Bogalusa, Louisiana, entered her mind. After Hurricane Katrina, uh, I was living in New Orleans, and our homes were devastated, and so I had to move back to Bogalusa, which was great because when I moved back to Bogalusa, I was able to help my mom take care of my father. His health was uh, failing. Barbara Hicks Collins' father is the late Robert Bob Hicks, a civil rights leader and founder of the first chapter of the Deacons for Defense and Justice. The Deacons were an armed African-American self-defense force operating in the segregated and violently hostile towards integration city of Bogalusa and other towns across the American South in the 1960s. And so we spent about five years with him. Every waking hour that we could talk, he would talk to me about what he loved to talk about, the civil rights movement. And when my father died, then I began to realize that a lot of things are not permanent. That meant to me that a lot of the history that I thought would always be here because we experienced history and it was so important for people to know why they are where they are today. And the people, the history makers, our legends, our heroes, our foot soldiers, they were dying off sooner than I had expected. But I was thinking of a way, how could we preserve the history permanently? And the idea of the dream came up, why not a museum where you can start preserving the history, talking to some of the descendants, and make a, a civil rights museum so this generation and generations forever would know about that. Today, Barbara Hicks Collins is the director of the museum. And she joins me to talk about the process, progress, and challenges of the Bogalusa Civil Rights Museum project. Greetings from Bogalusa, Louisiana. I'm Barbara Hicks Collins. I'm the daughter of the late civil rights leader, Robert Bob Hicks. And we live in Louisiana, in Washington Parish. I'm also the museum director of the Future Museum, which is going to be a civil rights museum in Bogalusa. And how are you today? I'm doing great. I'm so I'm so excited to talk with you. Before we start talking about the museum, we have to talk about the town of Bogalusa and the life of Robert Bob Hicks. Bogalusa is a mill town, a small southern mill town, and that says a lot. The Goodyears came from New York and they started the paper mill, llama mill here in Bogalusa. And they brought in people from all over the country when they heard there was going to be a mill here. They brought them in. Then they built homes for the people to live in. And since this was 1906, of course, they are separated. So in Bogalusa, it's separated where you have the blacks and you have the whites. And they build churches for blacks and churches for whites. So that's how they tried to do. They said it was equal if you did it that way. So you know that story. In the 1960s, Robert Bob Hicks worked and labor organized at the paper mill and lived with his wife, Jackie Hicks, and their children in a house in the black neighborhood of Bogalusa. Since our family house was known as a civil rights house, 
because we were a civil rights family. All the, the civil rights workers, anyone who came into Bogalusa, just everybody, uh, civil rights lawyers, they would always come to the house. On February 1st, 1965, after a series of meetings at the Bogalusa Voters League, Bob and Jackie Hicks invited two white civil rights workers, William Yates and Steve Miller, into their home, aware that they would not be safe in the nearby hotel because of local Ku Klux Klan activity. Robert and Jackie Hicks sat down for dinner that night with their children, including Barbara, and their guests, Yates and Miller. When they finished eating, they retired to the living room to watch television and talk over the day's events. Suddenly, there was a knock on the door. Robert Hicks opened it and found the Bogalusa police chief standing in the doorway. He had bad news. A mob of whites had gathered nearby, and they were prepared to murder the entire family and burn the house to the ground if the Hicks didn't pull the white activists out. The officer added that they should expect no help from law enforcement. As Lance Hill writes in The Deacons for Defense, Armed Resistance in the Civil Rights Movement, Bob and Jackie Hicks were level-headed activists, and they mobilized quickly. Jackie promptly called several friends for assistance. When it became known that the Hicks family needed protection, the black men of Bogalusa responded swiftly. The police officers watched a line of black men, armed with shotguns and rifles, rapidly file into the Hicks house. The mob never materialized. We were just an ordinary family, but we were placed here to do extraordinary things, and that was to, as my daddy say, to be the voice for the voices, to be the person who would stand up for people who were afraid to stand up for themselves. That's what he did, and that's what we as a family began to do, and that's what we reached out. Well, he reached out and the leaders, and they got... They, they sparked the spirit, and so men who had never stood up before began to stand up and say no to the injustice. A few weeks later, after more violence in Bogalusa, and on the day of Malcolm X's assassination, Robert Hicks and fellow activists founded the Bogalusa chapter of the Deacons for Defense and Justice, headquartered in the Hicks home and made up of many of the same foot soldiers who had come forward with their guns to protect the family on February 1st. In our breakfast room was the radio. So when people called in the communication radio, we could hear that all over the house. And so some people were calling in for distress. They were they were in they were being attacked. Somebody was captured in a building surrounded by clans and they needed the deacons to come and get it. We would hear all of that. I'm just trying to give you a sense of what I want to show. I want us to show marches, the picketing, to see the kids going to jail and be attacked by a dog. My brother was bitten by a police dog and all of these things. And he was refused uh, medical service at the local hospital because he shouldn't have been at the public park. That was all right. In this way... The house served as not only the communication headquarters, but also as a safe house and a medical triage station for injured activists denied medical services at the state hospital. And now, the house has one final use, as the future Bogalusa Civil Rights Museum. It was my family house. I mean, that's where I grew up. And that's where all the civil rights activity took place. So when I walk in the house, I see the family standing in the living room uh, on Sunday morning 
with my father giving the Sunday morning prayer before we go to church. I see that, and I see our bedrooms, and I see mom in the kitchen and all of that. Then on the other hand, I see the fear. I see the struggle. I see where we had the men from the Dickens for Defensive Justice with guns all around to protect the civil rights workers who stayed at our house and to protect my father wherever he went, to protect the family. So seeing the house in two different points of view or feeling two different ways, based on that, I want to show in the museum what we went through as a part of the movement, and then maybe they can understand how difficult it was that this way of life was not the way it should have been for any American. This future museum, this house made into a museum, will interpret what happened inside and outside against the wallpaper of a domestic scene. For Barbara Hicks Collins and her family, a closed front door didn't close out the world around her. The radio, which was necessary because the city would monitor and occasionally shut off the phone lines, could come on at any moment. For all the other interpretations that the museum will present, the Klan's threat to daily life is maybe the most powerful. So what's the process of getting from here to there? For Hicks Collins, it started with making small, permanent changes to Bogalusa's landscape that will pave the way for the museum. From the idea of having a museum with the history preserved, then I started going through the process. So I think the first, first thing that I did was to go to the Zoning Commission to make sure that it was zoned for a civil rights museum. <laughs> that was a little complicated. Uh, you have to know Bogalusa. I had people to come in to support the idea, and finally they approved the area for a civil rights museum. So the second thing was to rename the street uh, where the, the Hicks family lived, to rename that street Robert Bob Hicks Street. That took some doing. Eventually, it happened. And so the entire street is named after my father. By this time, we had the Robert Bob Hicks Foundation made it a 501c3 organization. And from that point, we were able to move to getting a landmarker. And by the way, the landmarker is right in front of the Hicks house. Uh, they never had a landmarker for an African-American in Washington Parish. Never. This was the first one. So we thought that was a great success. The Robert Bob Hicks Foundation is building support through fundraisers, a small grant through the Louisiana Division of Historic Preservation, and volunteer efforts to physically prepare the house for the museum. Hicks Collins also recently secured a grant from the Institute of Museums and Library Services, to record interviews with members of the deacons, civil rights lawyers, and others. But the whole thing that I want to say to you about this whole process and having a dream and is something you have to believe in because it's not easy, but it's possible. It's not going to occur overnight. It's like the struggle for equality in all these little small country towns and in, in America. As a whole, it didn't come overnight. So you have to be committed, and you have to stay the course, even though some people may not be with you. You still have to stay the course because you know the end result. 
you know you're going to give this generation and generations to follow something that was so valuable. And if you don't, if you don't go about it with that mindset, you'll lose it. Hicks Collins is working to build the museum in time so that the few civil rights workers and foot soldiers who are still living will be on site giving tours and answering questions. The museum project is entering what Hicks Collins calls phase two, restoring the house to make it suitable for a museum, rewiring the stolen electrical system with updated codes, installing a security system, and building a legend gallery with surround seats in the car park of the home. You can find out more information about Robert Hicks and the status of the museum by visiting roberthicksfoundation.squarespace.com. And you can donate to the foundation at roberthicksfoundation.squarespace.com slash donate. Let me tell you this. Uh, on Martin Luther King's birthday, we have the, the ROTC students to come in, and they help do the volunteer work. You know, I started explaining to them before they start doing any work that this is going to be who house it was, and this is going to be a museum, the, the whole field there. I asked this girl, I said, what museums have you been to? And she said, none. I said, no. I mean, have you been out of Bogalusa to go to a museum anywhere, not just in Bogalusa? And she said, no, I haven't been. I've never been to a museum. How could that be a senior, a junior, almost a senior, never been to a museum? And she worked harder than anybody else. And so I just hugged her and say, ah, oh, so you're the one, you're one of the people that I'm working for. I'm working so you can have a museum and you can let your children know that you are part of it. That, that gives me courage to, uh, more courage to come in. This has been Museum Archipelago. You'll find a full transcript of this episode, along with show notes, at museumarchipelago.com. Club Archipelago members get access to a bonus podcast feed that's sort of like the director's commentary to the main show. Subscribe at patreon.com slash museumarchipelago. If this is your first show, don't forget to subscribe for free in your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening. And next time, bring a friend. Yeah, but but I hear you say... uh... None of our podcasts are longer than 15 minutes, so let's get started. <laughs> you know I do that, Barbara. My mom <laughs> listens to my podcast, and she always tells me, you know what I like about your podcast? It's so short. <laughs> I'm like, thank you, Mom. I think that's a compliment. <laughs>